Good morning, everyone. If you want to, you can turn in your green, sing the journey to number two, or it's also projected on the screen. Good morning, and welcome to chapel here at Goshen College. My name is Bob Yoder, and I serve as campus pastor. Welcome back from winter break, even though you've been settling in now for the last week, and the temperature is feeling nice and wintry right now. For those of you who are new to Goshen College this semester, welcome here, and we hope that Goshen uh, provides that sense of belonging and warmth for you. The purpose of chapel is to tend to the Christian spiritual formation of our gathered community. Chapels are worship services that call us to come before God together in worship and seek to continually be formed into the image of Christ. To help facilitate that experience, we do ask that you put away your electronic devices, homework, and other distractions that may distract you from fully entering into this space and those around you, and also just simply out of respect for one another, and also for those who are giving leadership up front and for their speakers and song leaders. 
To better hear your suggestions and affirmations, we've created an online survey link that will be posted in the communicator during the weeks there is a chapel. So please feel free to give us your thoughts uh, via that, that way. Several years ago, I experienced some of my holiest moments as a campus pastor here, and I've been here uh, about 10 years in this role. A couple of years ago, I sat down with over 20 employees individually to talk with them, to hear why are you here at Goshen College? What are your hopes for the students? How do you hope students will be changed, transformed, spiritually renewed, spiritually formed? And as I walked away from each of those chats with those wonderful employees, there was just a sense of awe and holiness for the employees and for their care and desire and passion for you all. It was really overwhelming at times in a positive way. And I had only wished that you all would know how much our wonderful employees really do care for you and want the best for you. There's a wonderful gold mine here in our employees of our professors and staff and administrators and their dedication for you here. Our campus ministry's theme this year is centered in Christ. In the first chapel of the year, back in September, I shared about the importance of prayer, of slowing down, of centering yourselves in the midst of very busy college life. In the Gospel of Luke, I shared that the writer depicts Jesus as a person who is doing and being. Jesus is very active in his teaching and healing and dining with people. But at the same time, he often goes off to deserted places and stops and slows down and is with God. I also shared that at times it is important for us to recenter ourselves when life throws us things that we are not expecting or desiring. And in those times when we feel like the waves are completely over our head and we're grasping for breath. And so the purpose and intentions of recentering ourselves. Another important aspect of being centered in Christ is community. As our opening song suggested, the journey of faith is done in community, as we walk together, as we share our burdens, and as we uplift one another. Today, we are privileged to hear from three members of our community, three employees, whose words will hopefully be an encouragement to you all as they reflect on our theme and the role that faith plays in their position here at Goshen College. Our first speaker will be Jose Roca. Jose is in his first year here at Goshen College as professor, associate professor of music. Dominique Bergander-Johnson is not a newcomer to Goshen because she's an alum of Goshen. So she's a graduate of here of a handful of years ago. But she is in her first year as director of marketing. And finally, Ryan Sensenig, who has been at Goshen College now for a number of years as associate professor of biological and environmental sciences, will share with us. He and his wife have led a couple of SSTs, and so you might have known him that way. One of the claim to fames that I have of Ryan is that uh, we're 
Uh, our alma maters is the same place, and I was once his teaching assistant when I was in undergraduate, and Ryan uh, was my TA, so I had uh, control over his grades at times. As with every Wednesday chapel that we have here, the Christ lamp in front of me is a reminder of the presence of God and God's ever-moving and ever-acting spirit among us. Let us pray together. Gracious God, thanks for the warmth of this air, of this building. We're mindful of those who are not in such positions to have the same kind of warmth in these cold times. Pray that you are with them, with others, helping them find warmth. Thank you for a new semester, rejuvenating times, rest, but be with us all as we are our first week into a new semester. And some of us might be feeling a bit overwhelmed, but also a lot of excitement. Be with our speakers today, God, and be with us all. In your holy name, amen. Another tradition that we do here at Goshen College is that of passing the peace. So I invite you now to get up and in, uh, welcome back at least five people back to Goshen College. I'm a very enthusiastic cyclist. Not yesterday, though. Um, I'm a very enthusiastic cyclist when the temperature is above 50 degrees. And uh, back in September, I think, um, I rode to Shipshiwana with some of my colleagues. And uh, we went out for breakfast out there. And when we got to the restaurant, we were waiting for the coffee and the food. And Paul was sitting next to me. And we were talking about Monterey, where I was born, and then my move to Texas. It was very limited. But anyway, and then we talked about my move to Florida and how I came back to Texas, and where I settled in Houston for about 15 years, and, uh, and I taught there. Paul was sitting right next to me, and Fritz was sitting on, the, on my left side. And somebody said, I think it was Fritz, that made a, a smart comment about the limited um, longitude of my migrations. And uh, at, at this point, uh, Paul, Paul turned around to me and, and he had his face and, and he said, what are you doing in Indiana? Do you get lost? <laughs> he had that face, I, don't, I hope you weren't mad though, I, you were just hungry. Um, <laughs> I was not disoriented when I came north this last summer. In, in fact, I, I feel that I found the place where I was supposed to be. Um, when I started looking at jobs in academia, Goshen College stood out right away. I had heard about how excellent the music programs were. I have friends in Conspirare, a group that came and they have performed here a couple of times. And they kept going on and on and on about how awesome the building was. I know some outstanding Goshen College alumni. Um, Ruby Payne is an amazing, she has done amazing work for education of uh, disadvantaged uh, children. But what really made 
Goshen College special to me was the core values. They resembled so much the way I was raised that coming here felt a, a little bit like a homecoming to me. And this is what I, what I, what I mean. My father, I think, is the perfect example of a servant leader. Faith and Christ was a very important part of my, my raising, and, and through helping others, I think, my father felt that he was serving. Um, his interpretation was, don't miss an opportunity to help. To give you an example, in 1988, Hurricane Gilberto came to my hometown, and it pounded with rain and, and winds. And um, my brother, I, I was a member of a youth group, and I signed up, me and my brother, to volunteer with the Red Cross as part of this group. And uh, the, we only could sign up for the weekends. I was 15, so I could only sign up for, for weekends. So I didn't know what I was signing up for, but what I did in those six weeks or six weekends left a really deep impression on me. There were many affected, and the damage left by the flooding and the winds was just um, gruesome. There were houses where the water, the, the water had come all the way to the ceiling, and then even though the water had receded, in the houses there was still about four or five feet of, of mud, just, just mud. So um, at the time, my dad was working the night shift. He was just a, an electrician for a steel company, and he, worked, he would work from 9 p.m. to 6 in the morning. So after work, he would come over, and, and he would pick us up, and he would come with us for those six weekends at 6.30 in the morning. And we would get there, and we would start shoveling and pulling and lifting and just helping as much as we could until around two-ish, three-ish, you know, Mexico. The time is not precise, <laughs> right? Um, so at, at that time, when we were done, we would come back home, shower, eat, and, and, and then crash, because I felt like my arms were going to fall off. I mean, it's just me and my brother could sleep easily for 16 hours straight those weekends. My dad, though, had to get up and go to work. Ha <laughs> um, But he never complained. He, there was not a weekend, there was not a day, there was not a time that he said, you know, let's not go today. Or, you know, I'll drop you off today, but I'm really tired kind of thing. I, I think he was very determined not only to help, but to serve, and kind of show us by example what a servant leader is. Uh, the other aspect of Goshen College that really attracted me was the culture of peace and social justice. Before, I, before coming to Indiana, I was a teacher in Houston. And I was very fortunate, though, I taught at a great school. But I was very aware of the violence and um, the, the, the issues that were very present in our schools and in our community. To give you an idea, Texas Southern University is one of the three big universities in Houston, and they've had four shootings with fatalities this last year alone. 
About two years ago, the superintendent of schools in Houston sent a message to us, Alta teachers. And he was speaking about how violence had become part of our culture and our society, and the ways we have adapted to deal with these changes. Very passionately, he also stated that our biggest problem was indifference. The indifference of students and parents and how we needed to awaken and, and our, our senses and so on and so forth, he, he kept going. I think though that he totally missed the point. Our biggest problem is not indifference. Our biggest problem is acceptance. Acceptance that violence, social injustice, and lack of respect for life and authority are part of our current culture and society. Leonard Bernstein is the most important American musician and philosopher of our time. He said, music doesn't change society, but music educates people, and educated people change societies. He almost got it right, I think. Because I firmly believe that an education centered on Christ with a commitment to diversity and kindness and with music thrown in there, somehow, you know, I teach orchestra and band, sign up for orchestra, sign up for band. <laughs> We're looking for violins and flute, squirrel. I believe that an education center on Christ with a commitment to diversity, kindness, and musical excellence is the kind of education that changes people. And these people will change society for the better. I'm thrilled and thankful to be here. Thank you. Next, we'll be singing number 111 in your purple book. Um, Caleb will play through it once, and then we'll sing verses 1 and 2 right now. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 1, it says that faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. I hope for a world free of racism, sexism, classism, homophobia, transphobia, ableism, a world where we are all freely able to give and receive love. I hope for a world free of hunger, homelessness, disease, a world where all people have the means to not only survive, but to thrive. I hope for a world where people care for all of creation, 
a world brimming with health and life. But all of this is not just kind of a wishful hope. It's a hope that I'm sure is possible. I wasn't always sure. But in my undergraduate studies at Goshen College, as a double major in history and peace, justice, and conflict studies, and over the past 10 years of working in the field of social and environmental justice advocacy, I've seen mountains of research and reports and findings and studies that prove that this world is not only entirely possible, but that it's entirely in reach. It was all this data that gave me the energy, motivation, and endurance to dedicate the majority of my waking hours over the past decade toward advocating for reforms in our country's social and environmental policies. But all these mountains of data haven't been enough to sustain my faith that the better world I hope for, the world that I believe is truly possible, will actually come into being. I often struggle to be certain of what I cannot see. When I hear of families' homes being raided and families being ripped apart because of paperwork they may or may not have, I'm not seeing the world I hope for and am sure is possible. When I hear that there have been more mass shootings in a year than days in that year, I'm not seeing the world that I hope for and sure is possible. And when week after week I see video footage of extreme violence taken against black men, women, and children, I'm not seeing the world I hope for and I'm sure is possible. It is in these all too frequent moments where I just can't see how or when the better world I hope for will be realized that I find all I can do is put faith in a higher power, in a power, in a force, in a possibility that surpasses all of my understanding about this world. When I can't hear or see or feel that the better world I hope for is unfolding, I have needed faith, a faith that I found that I can only sustain by regularly engaging with a community of faith. To be surrounded by people who not only hope for a better world, who not only believe that it is possible, but who believe that it will come, even when it feels like there's so much evidence to suggest that it just might not. I found most resonance within the Christian and Mennonite community of faith in particular, because Jesus sits at the center of sustaining the faith of these communities. I find a lot of, a lot of guidance and inspiration in the life and teachings of Jesus about how we can all live a life that helps progress us towards a more just, healthier, and sustainable world. But beyond Jesus' examples of how we can create a better world, I find incredible power in the fact that the climax of the Christian story is not Jesus' death, but rather his resurrection, his triumph over death. My greatest takeaway from the Christian story is that when there is literally no other physical sign of hope, when every physical sign suggests that death and darkness have prevailed, life, light, and goodness will still prevail in the end. I see one of my primary roles as the Goshen College Director of Marketing as helping to make this institution more accessible to those who share in the hope for a better world. One reason I care about making Goshen more accessible to people with this shared hope is based on my own experience as a former student. I believe this institution excels at equipping students with the knowledge to ground their hope for a better world in the evidence that it is entirely possible and in the skills to make it possible. And I also care about making this community accessible to people with a shared hope for a better world 
because I believe Goshen College offers students something even stronger than the knowledge and the skills that equip them to work toward hope in their daily lives. We also offer an opportunity to move beyond wishful hope and confident, actionable hope to faith. A faith that, again, Hebrews 11 describes as being both sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And this is what I truly believe the world needs more of if we are to realize the vision for a better world. Not just more wishful hope, but a hope grounded in the evidence of what we can see and in a faith that what we do not yet see will come. Verses three and four of the same song. I'm going to choose to focus my comments today on the question, what role does faith play in my choice to be in this community? Among many reasons, I think there are two particular reasons that I find myself continually choosing to be at Goshen College. Well, probably the spectacular weather comes in a close third. (laughs) Firstly, you all, colleagues, uh, staff, students, and the experiences we share together, They help me see the way the world is, more more like the way the world truly is, rather perhaps than the way I assumed it to be. And secondly, um, I continue to be inspired by the choices you all make to restore the world to what you wish it could be. So these two things together help define one aspect of Christ-centeredness for me the ability to more clearly see the way the world is with its pain and with its brokenness, and secondly, the choice to respond in restorative ways. So a little bit more on the first point. I I think a goal of education is to increasingly see the way the world is instead of the way we assume it to be. For, For me, it's increasingly important part of my faith journey. Understanding perhaps with more clarity, for example, who is my neighbor? It strikes me that many of Christ's teachings had this influence on his disciples and his followers. And at least one major aspect of this was to feel the pain, to feel the injustice in the world, which they did not previously see. And I think seeing pain is not always straightforward. Pain is often invisible unless you really work to see it, unless it's your goal to unearth it. Uh, The GC community has really deepened my understanding of the brokenness and the pain in our world. Our community has been blessed with professors, with students like yourselves, 
who have helped us to understand the, the pain of incarceration, the pain of racial inequity, consumerism, religious intolerance, environmental abuse, gender discrimination. In addition to these ideas, I have a few more personal um, examples to share with you. As Bob mentioned, um, my wife and I led two units uh, of SST to Tanzania. And I think on this trip, both my family and our students gained a more accurate understanding of the way the world is. For example, we strained to understand how poverty could coexist next to the opulence of tourism in the Serengeti National Park. By living with our beloved host brothers and host sisters who are unable to afford additional education, we came to see education in totally new ways. By mourning the death of a host parent during one of the units, we were forced to grapple with inequities in access to health care. The world became new to us, sometimes in these very pain-filled ways. And here's a, here's a little summary of that idea from April 7th, 2014, our final blog post. May the journey begin today, the lifelong journey that is navigating how we handle living on this immense planet together. We are connected in so many ways. We're dependent on one another in ways we rarely realize. The gift of SST is living into those connections, seeing the grittiness of the way the world is, while simultaneously grabbing the hands of the travelers around us in order to move forward in some sense of hope. And I think there's a real irony here in seeing the, world, the way the world is with all its pain. The irony is, in fact, by seeing the world in a more pain-filled way, we become more hope-filled. And I think this happens, happened with our SST group to Tanzania. It's continuing to happen with that same SST group to Tanzania. For example, one of the 2014 uh, Tanzania alumni is back in East Africa working with the Peace Corps. Two others from 2011 are planning a return trip to do development and medical work. Others have found that experience instrumental in directing their career decisions. So seeing that pain, seeing the way the world was, had a profound impact on their lives. And you all, almost on a daily basis back here on campus, you, my students, continue to model how pain and hope are the opposite sides of the same coin. A group of you have reminded us of the painful reality that our culture is spewing more CO2 than our fair share into the atmosphere while others across the world are dealing with the consequences. And out of this pain, you've chosen hope in the midst of very long odds. You've tirelessly worked to support the divestment movement. You've planted prairie grass. You've marched in DC to support better regulation. Learning to see the pain, but acting in hope. Uh, very recently, I had a student in my office who with passionate detail was articulating her wish to return to her home country and work for environmental justice. Not part of the curriculum per se, right? The next week, another student came to my office grappling and discerning how their skills might meet the need in the world. They were asking the question, would teaching be a potential, uh, potentially interesting career path? And then a phone call from a former student in graduate school wowed me 
with his plans to link human development and conservation in his homeland. So I choose Goshen because all of you continue to model a faith that is relevant to our lives. And I'd be remiss if I didn't also talk about how my colleagues here on campus influence me and I have been moved to see the world anew through their eyes. For example, exploring the intersection between science and religion, many of you know that's one of my interests, that has helped me to see the world in, with new lenses. Reading the theological text with my left eye and the natural text with my right eye, looking for commonalities instead of differences, I found that to be a very fruitful process. I should add as an aside, since it's, it's um, a complex problem, interdisciplinarity, I want to emphasize one of the complexities of interdisciplinary dialogue. I was completely stunned to learn that one of my conservation partners um, thought that there were tigers in Africa. I I mean, I just thought that was astonishingly um, naive. How could could we in in this academy have such mammalian illiteracy? At any rate, I refused to put that person's name. I showed this to my wife and she said, you gotta remove Paul Kime's name from the lecture. You just don't put it in there. <laughs> Aside from a few of those hiccups, my colleagues have indeed helped grow my faith. They've explained more of how the world is. I have learned about gender inequity in our classrooms. I've learned about economic approaches to the environmental problems I care about. I've learned about the important role that policy Um, can play in in our communities. So, in fact, I I might say it this way, it strikes me that interdisciplinarity is is part and parcel of seeing the way the world is, not the way we assumed it to be. Colleagues all across campus have helped me see how, what, and to whom we need to direct our love. And for that reason also, I choose Goshen. We're a community of aspiring souls who want to know the way the world is. And to do that, we most certainly need one another. We are an aspiring group of souls who mourn the pain around us and amidst us. And we most certainly need a faith community to do that. And it it is out of this pain that I've seen such beauty and hope. These are the reasons I choose to be in this faith community and from which I gain fuel for my own faith. So thank you for helping me on that journey. I just want to thank uh, Jose, Dominique, and Ryan for taking the time to share uh, the role that faith plays for you here at Goshen College and the community. I hope that GC students, it was an encouragement to GC students and faculty who joined us here today. Um, So let's um, pray. Please join me in prayer. Thank you, God, for this opportunity to be able to hear from Jose, Dominique, and Ryan about their faith journeys and placing them here at Goshen College. Continue to use them in great ways, all for your honor and glory. I lift them up, along with all employees and students to you, for guidance, direction, and calm as the start of the new semester begins. May we not forget your faithfulness and that you have a place for all of our lives. Thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Please feel free to join us for our sending song. It's number 31 in the purple scene, the storybook. Please stand.
Jesus, be the center, be my source, be my light, Jesus, Jesus, be the center, be my